All right. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, two sport time in Tennessee time, homecoming time, which means I have to go to a gala on Friday night time. I'm not looking forward to that time. Well, this is sort of a big deal time. Uh, it's actually for my wife, not for me, time. Whatever time of day it is, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker, Patrick Brown, Ryan Callahan, coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Hope you're having a happy Thursday morning out there, unless it's Thursday afternoon or evening, or Friday morning, afternoon, or evening, or Saturday morning or afternoon. Maybe it's Saturday and you're driving on into Knoxville, Tennessee for the for the homecoming weekend. If so, safe travels. Now, I will be honest with y'all, we are recording this a little bit earlier sometimes than we normally do. This is We're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, and the reason we're doing that uh, is pretty simple, guys. Um, there's a basketball game going on Wednesday night, too. And so what we're going to do is uh, the first two segments of this episode, normally the Thursday morning is all of us, and then it's the first two... You know, first two segments, we're talking about Tennessee football and this, and then and then we take the questions in the third segment. What we're going to do today is, since there's a basketball game Wednesday night, you're going to get me and Patrick and Ryan talking for a couple segments. Uh, and then when we come back from break for the third segment, it's actually going to be recorded Wednesday night. Uh, Grant Ramey and I will be at Thompson Bowling Arena uh, because we're the workhorses here who cover both sports. Uh, just kidding, recruiting's its own sport too. Football really deserves its, its own spot. So everyone here is working equally hard, but Ramey and I will be there at the basketball game Wednesday night, the exhibition against the Greyhounds of, of Eastern New Mexico, uh, which is interesting because their name's Greyhounds, and since they're D2, they might be getting here on a Greyhound. So we will see um, how that goes. We will have plenty to talk about there, uh, plenty, plenty of news there, plenty of new faces with Tennessee basketball. We're going to get to all that. But first off, I want to mention this, guys, before we get into the football. Uh, we have, as a company, this a fantastic pr- new deal. <clears throat> this is a pretty cool deal. I think Great so. Great value. I think so. Pat and I are excited about it. I can't tell about Ryan over there. But I'm, I'm pretty pumped. Yeah. He's, he's hiding behind the monitor, so I can't see his face. Basically, you're getting free stuff. Yes. If you are, um, if you're out there and, and you're you're trying to figure out, you know, which sort of, you know, I pay ten bucks a month for this stuff. What do I want to spend it on? Not spend it on? What do I stream? Not stream? Everything costs money these days. Here is something that will cost you zero dollars and zero cents if you are already a subscriber of Twenty Four Seven Sports. Whether that's Go Balls twenty four seven, or if you're um, if you subscribe to any of the twenty four seven sports sites and you just listen to this podcast because you like our sexy voices, maybe you just hate listening because yeah. you're a fan of another SEC team. Maybe you're a South Carolina fan just just hate listening right now, or a state fan just hate listening. A jealous, yeah, a jealous listening. peanut butter and jealous listening right now, or you're a Bama fan doing a little bit of laughing and listening. Whatever you are, whoever you are, if you're a twenty four seven sports subscriber, you will get in perpetuity. For the lifetime of your 24-7 sports contract, you will get free access, free, $0, 0 cents, no strings attached, free access, free access to CBS All Access. It's it, basically like a cooler version of the old bundle deal when you got TV, phone, and internet. Yeah. Yes. Nobody has a home phone anymore, though. Now, if you don't know what CBS All Access is, because I know some people out there know about it, but some might not, it's, it's, a, it's a, one of these streaming apps, a lot like, you know, Amazon Prime, Netflix, any of that stuff that offers pretty much everything. Way better, obviously. Yes, but but offers essentially CBS programming and then some additional stuff. You can get 
uh, your your over the air channels for where you are there. Commercial free, commercial free, one hundred percent commercial free. And then yeah, commercial free program. If you want to go back and watch your favorite CBS primetime shows, whatever, all this is on there. They've got some movies on there, a lot, lot of cool stuff that you can find on CBS All Access. I've used it for a while because we've had access to it as, as CBS employees. Very true. Um, but now now this has opened up to you guys, and I'm, I'm pretty pumped about it because it's, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, the, all these streaming services cost, you know, several dollars a month. So now if you're looking for one, now you, I mean, Go All 24-7 can kind of be the bonus. You can sign up for this to get CBS All Access, and we're the throw-in almost. It's such a good deal. Yeah, and, and in case you're wondering, you get access to all the shows, all the uh, all the NCISs, uh, Survivor, you know, SEAL Team, Young Sheldon, Blue Bloods, all those. You I believe get the f- they also have uh, some of their own programming. Yes, there content. is. There's a, there's a yes. Twilight Zone show, for instance, that they started uh, a year or two ago. Yes, and it's only on All Access. And you also get uh, the, the NFL go- coverage that's on there. You get the CBS College Football coverage that's on there, including the SEC Game of the Week. And if you've, if you've heard us, um, Barton Simmons from 24-7 Sports, for instance, if you heard any of our guys talk about going on CBS Sports HQ, it's a 24-hour sports programming channel. It's available on there. It's not something you'll find yeah, on cable. Yeah, I've been on there with Nick and those guys. Yeah, yeah they, so, they, so they, that's available all the time, and there's tons of good sports programming on there all the time. So I think that's actually one of the cooler perks of, yeah, of there's, that. Yeah, there's a fantasy football show that you can get every day. There's mm-hmm. all, you know, all, all, a couple times a week. Biggest, there's there's all sorts of stuff on there. There's the biggest thing we haven't mentioned is the NCAA tournament. That's yeah. also going to be a big deal. So Free. If, and, if, 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 if for no other reason... Get it for the dance, so yes. you can watch. You can watch it at work on and, Thursday or Friday. And the only ads that you're going to see the entire time you're there are if you're watching something that happens to be live, like if you're watching the college football game of the week, or you know you're watching um, the NFL games, the NFL coverage. So, so what you're saying is there's no hashtag ads. No hashtag ads. I didn't do it as good as there are on here. Because <laughs> I didn't want but, to. But yeah, it's it's so, who who could do it as badly as me. Uh, but that is a really good deal, guys. And I'm telling you, if you're wondering, hey, why do I pay for CBS All Access and 24-7 when you're both a CBS company? What's going on there? You know what? We agreed with you. We agreed with you. So we are this, going to give is... you both for one. This is basically you're getting $100 for free. We'll put, we're putting $100 in your pocket if you do this. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is, is uh, an annual subscription to CBS All Access is $100 on its own. Yes. So. Uh, and and we're not going to change uh, your your membership rate is not going to go up ever ever uh, as long as you are a a VIP member to twenty four seven you will have access to this yes and uh, the, we've got we're gonna we've got on our site right now and this isn't a short term deal like we no, have some short term deals that are yeah. just a couple days this is not one of those things so. yeah our, our boss man Shannon Terry this morning or Wednesday morning told us gave us one of my favorite words perpetuity he said two things that are very important here one um, we we're giving you uh, this for free. We are not we are not expanding our rate, period. We're not doing that, and you're just getting CBS All Access for free. All you have to do is go to our site. Uh, you have to click. You have to type in maybe five things. Click five things on a page. It's five little short steps, and then you're there. It's really easy. So go take advantage of that right now. You can go do that. And why are we keep pimping it? Because I'm telling you guys, this is one of the coolest things we've done since we've partnered with CBS. And and when we partnered with CBS, that that meant that. You know, that gave us um, a little bit more of a pedestal in some ways and more opportunities to give you more things. This is one of those things. This is We're really excited about this. It's not going to be the last thing uh, that comes out of this deal with CBS by yeah. far, but some, it's one of the neater ones. Some We've offered some deals with some, you know, free time or, or you know, two months for the price of one, that kind of thing. But this is this is pretty cool for, for something, bucks. something you can get. Uh, for as long as you're a member of Go Balls 24-7, sign up now. You know, if you're already a member and have been a member for years, 
this is available to everybody. This is not just new subscribers, not just existing subscribers. It's everybody. It's monthly any- and annual. Yeah, and it's anybody who signs up in the future. So if you're a free member, you can't get this. But if you are a paying VIP subscriber to Go Vols 24-7 or like Wes said, any other 24-7 sports site, you get this. So definitely take advantage of it if you're already on the site. And we've got uh, instructions on the Go Vols 24-7 homepage and message board right now for how to uh, to sign up for that and activate it. And the last thing I'll say, I'll, I'll emphasize this one more time. Zero strings attached. No strings attached. You can use the same password and username that you use on 24-7 Sports. You can handle this however you want to handle and it. you don't have to do it now. If you don't yes. sign up for six months, that's okay. It's not going yes. away anytime soon. So just, As CBS All Access continues to add more programming. Yeah. So it's, a, the, it's only going to become a better deal. They also put movies on there every month. They rotate them. Yep. It's a really good deal. So go check that out. If, you, if you've been waiting for the right kind of deal, you know, if you're that person who just kind of waits... You know, you're you're looking through Amazon. You're just waiting for something to go down in price. You're waiting for the right sale. You know, the the good the good big box sale or the big uh, you know the big Black Friday sale. This is one of the coolest things we've ever done on this site. So go do that pronto, guys. Tennessee is playing a football game on Saturday, and that game is against an opponent that if you don't know much about college football right now. Let's say you just pay attention to the SEC, you just pay attention to Tennessee, you just pay attention to the Power Five conferences. You might not know that UAB is uh, a good football team. UAB is six and one right now, and I guarantee you that football team thinks it should be seven and zero because it lost one game to Western Kentucky that it just should not have lost. But this UAB team, guys, I don't care who you're playing and what your schedule is. And this is worth noting because UAB's schedule is garbage. But <laughs> that team is six and one, and I don't care who you're playing. I don't care who you're playing. If you're ranked fifth nationally in total defense and 10th or 11th nationally in scoring defense, you're a good defense. And this is a team right now that is confident, and I think we'll head to Neyland Stadium thinking it can win this football game. What should Is this the very classic, the very definition of one of those kind of scary sandwich games where you go, oh, it's this is not at a good time for Tennessee? Well, Wes, I think even in the, in the third or fourth quarter of the South Carolina game, I said – if I was making a list of teams I didn't want to play after having four straight SEC games, it's UAB is probably near the top of that list. Yeah. Um, and but you know we'll we'll get into this. We don't really know how good UAB is because they have literally played nobody. They have yes. played maybe one team with sort of a pulse that, in Western n- Kentucky. They haven't beaten anybody with a winning record. Um, and and then they played the. Uh, I mean, I'll I'll go through their schedule: Alabama State, Akron, South Alabama, Western Kentucky. You beat them. Rice, Texas, San Antonio, Old Dominion. That's not exactly a murderer's row. No. Plus, they have an open date coming into this now, game. ODU, so. ODU did, did push, I think, Virginia Tech for a while. So, Well, and, I mean, and, and Western Kentucky seems to have turned it around after they lost, I think, like Central Arkansas in Tyson Helton's first game. They've turned yeah. it around and are in, in the race there in Conference USA. Much but, like Tennessee, they're turning the thing but, around. But more, regardless of the schedule, you can only play who's in front of you. Um, and this team is going to be well-coached, and they're going to be well-drilled. Because um, Bill Clark, uh, I don't know how he's still there. I don't. I don't know how another program didn't say, you know what, that guy took a program that was dead. I mean, UAB was not playing football in 2015, 2016. They self-imposed a death penalty after he got there in 2014. His first year, yeah. they go to a bowl, and then they they cut the program. Yeah, and, and then first year back alive, and he got them to a bowl game. Second year, they won 11 games in Conference USA. I mean, that's just I I don't know how. I mean, and SMU is in the top 25 for the first time since 1985 when they got the actual death penalty. Yes. So that should tell you how hard it is to take a sort of non-traditional a program that isn't used to winning, um, and. And he's done what he's done. And so 
uh, he, he's going to have um, a very well-coached team. UAB is not going to beat itself. They've got a defense that hasn't allowed more than 20 points in a game this season. Not once. Um, their quarterback's pretty good. They've got two pretty good receivers that are, I think, second and third in Conference USA in receiving. So, um, yeah, Tennessee's going to have to play well. Uh, I think the benefit for Tennessee is that, obviously, there's the Georgia State game that should let everyone in the program know from the top to the bottom not to take anybody lightly and yes. not to uh, look past anyone. And then you've got Pruitt, who knows Bill Clark, for he, and Pruitt knows a he seems like he knows everybody in this business. And he just knows, about everybody likes him, and 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 he knows Bill Clark better than a lot of people that he knows. So he he's gonna. I think UAB will have his full respect, and I think he's gonna spend all week until he's blue in the face getting that message across to his team that hey, this team is good. If we don't play well, they will beat us, um, and, and that's obviously what Tennessee has to worry about. Plus, they're coming off four straight SEC games, and they're banged up, and they could have some important players that won't be able to to go on Saturday night. Yeah, and the one thing that, you know, there are times where, in all candor, and I think we, we try to be honest about this, there are times where you will hear coaches say something on the record, and then off the record, kind of the chatter behind the scenes will be much different from that, where you'll hear a coach say, oh, you know, this is a good football team, you know, they're they're five plays away from, you know, being right there with a winning record, and yada, 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 and coaches will praise these guys, they'll Lou Holtz it all week long. But then you turn the recorder off, you talk to people behind the scenes, and they'll go, nah, this team kind of sucks. This shouldn't be too much of a problem if the guys just keep focus. It's really important to note that this week I have heard the exact same things behind the scenes as I'm hearing when people are talking into a microphone. And that is important because that, to me, is a clear indication that Tennessee staff is very well aware of just how well-coached. I've heard this phrase time and time again, well-coached, disciplined. UAB is well-coached and disciplined, and it probably will not beat itself. Uh, you know, those guys went into uh, – those guys went to Kyle Field last season and, and lost, I think, 41 to 21, something like that. They played pretty decently. Um, and that was their second year back as a program where for two years they didn't exist. And they go to A&M last season and put up a pretty decent, pretty decent fight. And these guys are used to winning. These guys are going to be in the race again to win double-digit games. Um, this is one of the best stories in college football. It's an unbelievable story. It's a you know, it's just kind of a you know rising from the ashes very quickly kind of story. It's it's a really cool deal. But um, it's not just a Cinderella team. These guys have some good football players, and I think this is going to be a game where Tennessee uh, will be pushed in some ways. Yeah, and. and- I don't think it's yeah. I, I don't know how much of it's that UAB is a world beater, but it is a solid team. Again, the team that doesn't look like it's going to beat itself, a team that's that's going to make Tennessee play well. Uh, it's not one they can show up and sleepwalk through. It's you know not not a team they can afford to turn it over a, a bunch against. This is a game they're, I, and I wouldn't call it a trap game because I think Tennessee, to its credit, I think everyone seems to get the message. And if they don't after after. Georgia State earlier this year anyway, then when are, when are they ever going to take these games seriously enough? But this is a, a dangerous enough opponent that I think it, it has Tennessee's full attention. And, uh, you know, frankly, I'm a little bit surprised the line opened up at double digits this week. I thought it, it, might, moved, it moved pretty quick, though, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I, I thought it might be, you know, upper single digits, uh, you know, more like a seven to nine point spread. But just uh, this is actually going to be the first game UAB's even not been favored this season. It's crazy. So oh, it's not that crazy when you look at who they play. Well, yeah. I mean, I think uh, let's see, Akron is winless, Rice is winless, uh, Texas San Antonio is three and four, Old Dominion's one and seven. They played an FCS team in there. Yeah, uh, they played one team with a winning record, and it was Western Kentucky, and Western Kentucky beat them. And, but, what, was, and what was the final in that game? Uh, da, 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 twenty to thirteen. So it's a 
It's not a team that uh, no, they haven't given up more than 20 points in a game all year. So and, and here's why UAB lost, because their quarterback threw four interceptions. That'll, that'll do it. So, uh, it, yeah, it, it's a it's not a perfect team by any means, and they don't have a bunch of um, you know former five stars on their roster or anything, but it's a team that's talented enough to cause some problems. You know, Jeremy Pruitt's compared you know their wide receivers to what, what was he? What did he say? SEC, he said they look like SEC wide receivers. Yeah, and, and I mean that's obviously high praise there, and and the fact that they've got some got enough talent on the roster that they won ten games last year, and they've won six games this year so far. That that tells you that tells you plenty right there. So it's obviously a game they can't afford to overlook, but it's it's also a game that Tennessee should be able to win if they can play well. Uh, and build on what they've done lately because they've clearly made some major there's, progress the past few weeks. There's two receivers, by the way. One of them is Austin Watkins, number six. He's 6'3", 205. And the other one is Kendall Parham, who's a little bit – he's 5'10", 175. They're both averaging over 20 yards to catch. So, But, again, you wonder, is the record and are all these stats inflated because they've literally not played a soul? So I, I could see, you know, there, there's a potential that Tennessee could blow their doors off because you know, Tennessee would be far and away the best team that UAB has played. Um, but Tennessee also has shown that they will uh, and are capable of making the kind of mistakes that can let a team that won't make a lot of mistakes hang around. Um, so that that's where this game could get tricky for Tennessee. Yeah, the um, I think it's worth noting here that if, if you're um, if you're a GoVols twenty four seven subscriber, by the time this podcast is aired, you will have read the Better Know a Foe segment that we do every week that we have a lot of fun Did, with. Didn't Pruitt say they had like twenty six sacks or something crazy like that too? They, they're in the backfield a lot. But again, you wonder: number. is that because of who they played or how good they are? Well, I can tell you this: a guy who covers them every single day, you know, and we we do this thing every week, and I, we have fun doing it. The Better Know a Foe segment where. Uh, or better know a foe piece, I guess, where we ask about 30 questions, go really in-depth talking to someone who covers the other team that Tennessee's about to play. Ask about Bears and Gorillas. Yeah, and and then we also have some football stuff in there at some point. A lot of it's also – because for years Tennessee was so bad that – we kind of changed the series a little bit and had a little more fun with it because what I mean, what what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So, but this guy, um, we have a lot of fun with this, and this guy who did it this week is uh, Evan Dudley from UAB, um, who covers UAB for AL.com, and he actually, guys, he predicted an upset. He thinks UAB will win this game. So well then, so that there are people out there who are going to pick that. He will not be on an island. There will be people who will pick UAB to win this game. And here's 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 my. There's question. also an island question, and that better know if. Yes, there is. If you could take three opponent players with you on on a desert island, you only get three, and it's full of savage warriors, and you have to survive with only three guys around you. Who would you pick, and why? We have fun with that every week. I would not pick you. He's the Ryan also, and Grant for this, the record. Yeah, it's funny. It's fun actually. I, I agree with that. This this guy, um, and he's also the first person all year I think who did not say Jawan Jennings when asked about who the opposing team should fear the most. He said Marquez Callaway because he's a big time receiver and a return specialist. So he said that could be a problem for UAB. So here here's my question though. We've said all along that if the Georgia State game for Tennessee could end up being as uh, it, uh, the most embarrassing thing imaginable in the short term, but the best thing imaginable in the long term, is it possible? Is it possible that we can start seeing dividends from that Georgia State game this week, where Tennessee takes this much more seriously and comes out ready to play? Yeah, and I and I would even say if this game was played in a vacuum or if Jeremy Pruitt had been under a rock for eight weeks, uh, he would still say hey this team's good i know their coach i know their coaching staff i know i know the capabilities they have and i know they're going to have what i know how they're going to get their team to play and how we're going to have to respond so even if they had if, even if tennessee beat georgia state by 50 i think Pruitt would still be coming off a big win 
everybody on, you know, Tennessee's players have heard for days now how good they are. Everything's going good. They're moving in the right direction. Um, you look like balls again. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're and, and, you know, behind the scenes, I imagine that Pruitt and the staff are saying, hey, we haven't done anything yet. Even Pruitt said as much publicly on Monday. Uh, why, you know, why would you stop now? They got four games left and still a lot of work to do. So uh, I, I would think that even if, you know, if, if the Georgia State game had never happened, this would still be a message with the coaching staff. And, and starting with Pruitt would spend all week trying to get a, across to his uh, his team. And, and maybe this is another chance, as I think the way he put it on Wednesday, was this is another chance for his team and his program to take another step because they've been competitive in SEC games. Now can you su- sustain some success, build off a win, and play and beat a team that you're supposed to beat? I do think also that we need to note here that um, UAB does have some really interesting uh, players on its team. First off, it has a player named Fish McWilliams, which... And they also have a Lucius Stanley. Yeah, th- those are just some epic names. And then they have a they have a kicker who has maybe... I'm going to make sure I get his name exactly right, but it is like the most kicker-sounding name I've ever heard in my life. It's up there. You know, there's, uh, LSU got a commitment from this, uh, this week from a player named DeColdest Crawford. That's a good one. Mm, uh, there's also there's also a <laughs> what did you say, Ryan? That, that, that's hard to beat. That's really really coldest. This team also has a, a player named um, where oh they got a good one. Starling Thomas the fifth is a good one. Uh, there's some there's some really some really good names on this team. Um, David McFally, uh, Bryson Lucero, some good good names on this team, including uh, a Die John Turner, good name. And the kicker down here, I'm almost down to it. He wears 97. His name. It's a good kicker number. Wilson Beaverstock, <laughs> which that's a great kicker name. Beaverstock on for the extra point. And, and the other guys who wear name numbers in the nineties are uh, Ishmael Ball, good name, John Tavius Johnson, good name, and the immortal, immediate first ballot uh, R.I.P. M.S.R. Hall of Famer is Fish McWilliams, who is just that's just. I mean, I I, I almost don't want to know why he has that name and just pretend in my head like what it might be. That might be way more fun. The crazy thing about. Uh, this team is that they lost a ton of production from last season. They were, yes. I think they had like 22 some seniors. They Why were like, is Bill Clark still there? They, they, they lost, uh, I mean, they were replacing pretty much everybody on offense except the quarterback and the running back. And then, uh, most of the defense, uh, and they, again, they haven't skipped a beat, but why well, hadn't like Mississippi state or, always or somebody a, looked at well, it. Mississippi state might have an opening after the season. We never know. Um, so, and, and, but the, but is, are they this good? Do they look this good because of who they played, or are they actually legitimately good? I think the answer is probably somewhere in the middle. And the bottom line is that they are good enough to beat Tennessee if Tennessee kind of doesn't play like they should. That's true. A couple more notes, really quickly, on UAB. There, there's a couple guys that you'll probably know or know of their family members. Uh, John Hayden, Jonathan Hayden, is a running back, a senior. His he is the brother of Joe Hayden, the the former Florida and NFL cornerback. Uh, and there's also uh, Sammy Watkins' cousin uh, is a receiver on this team. Yes. Is that the one I mentioned? Yes. Yes, that is him, the one and only. The 6 so, guy, right? Yes, yes. And here's a couple notes on Tennessee before we step away from this break, guys. Um, we do need to mention that uh, we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, so we're still uh, kind of getting up to speed on what Tennessee's going to do at quarterback this week. Uh, but we did see that, as predicted, um, and sort of surprisingly so on the front end, but – it ended up being true. Jared Garantano was out there at practice on Tuesday. He was wearing a really large, like a cast and then like a glove on top of that hand that he just had operated on Sunday morning. So he's... You make it sound like a catcher's mitt. It's it, it's rather large. I it's, mean... It's noticeably large um, because it has to wear... It might, just, it might just be padded. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm saying because I think he's got like a cast underneath it, and then like there's a padded glove, a big glove there. But he took a couple of snaps. Um, he threw the ball like normal. So shotgun snap. Yeah. Uh, he he has not taken much under center. I don't know how they're going to be able to do that. But uh, Brian Maurer was out there, and as far as we could tell, at least out there, he was normal go. He was out there first in reps, and so it looks to me from the outside, if I had to take a guess right now as of the time we're recording this, I would say that the plan going into that game, and this is a total guess right now, is that Maurer will start and that if something happens there, they can go to that Jawan Jennings and JT Shrout combo again, and then for an emergency, you could have Garantano. That would be my guess. I think that's probably fair. I mean, I think Garantano will be eventually get better and sort of be able to learn to manage that thing and maybe yeah, get that was the one hit on that though. One but, time you have yeah. to brace your hand if you get hit. That was my question: is what? How long will it take him to be improved enough to where there's no? Can, he, there, can he hand off with his off hand? Yeah. Can he hand off with that that hand when he goes yeah. to his right? Or do you have to go shotgun and sling it around the yard? I mean, do you have to do that if that's the deal? Max well, max protect saw, and throw deep. We saw they they did a lot of. Uh, it seems they have a few different plans for the South Carolina game, so I'd imagine they are are doing sort of the same, working on a few different things for a couple different guys yeah. this week as well. That's a guess on what they're doing at quarterback. And on the offensive line, uh, we saw earlier in the year that Tennessee was playing a lot of uh, musical chairs up front with, with the offensive linemen, and uh, there that was uh, there was much consternation about that at the time. There was much hemming and hawing and saying, did that cause some of the you know struggles up front offensively early in the season? I don't know that it did, but I can tell you right now. They're probably happy that they did that because uh, it looks to me like, and Pruitt said this in in rather coded language on Wednesday, that they were going to have their offensive line depth tested on Saturday. And that, to me, is a strong endorsement that at least one of the following two players, if not both, will be unavailable or emergency use only in this game. Darnell Wright and Jameer Johnson. Uh, Jameer Johnson, you know, obviously Darnell Wright, everyone saw him go down with that injury, leg injury in the first half. Uh, he's out there practice, but he's really not doing much. He's just kind of standing around. Don't know how uh, available he will be. Uh, and then Jameer Johnson did finish the game because the dude is ridiculously tough. Um, but he's out there limping around too, and he just had his knee cleaned up not long ago. So I wonder if they're going to have to sort of manage him uh, and maybe give him some some rest for the next week or two. So so that's where things are there. Uh, so it looks to me like Tennessee will go with. Um, pretty much that same group that they that they finished the game with, um, minus Jameer Johnson. So that's where things are there at the offensive line. There's a lot to get to, and I'm sure there'll be questions about that here in this next segment, which we're going to get to right after this commercial break. Because CBS All Access might not have ads, but this podcast does. Hashtag ad. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. West Rucker, Patrick Brown, Ryan Callahan coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. In the third segment of this episode, we're going to be, uh, Grant Ramey and I will be live at, um, or not live, live when we're talking, but, you know, live for when you're listening to it, but 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 not live over the air uh, from Thompson Bowling Arena hopefully, talking about Tennessee's bas- basketball exhibition game. Hopefully it's always live when you're talking. 
That's true. Well, it's live as we're as we're saying the words. Yeah. Uh, so what normally is the third segment is going to be the second segment of this episode. We're going to get to your questions right now, and I have not looked at any of these beforehand, so that so be warned. Well, we'll look at them before you ask them, and if we've addressed them, just skip them. Okay. Because uh, those people have already had their questions answered, and they don't need to, to take up the time of the people who... We need their questions well, answered that we haven't addressed. If I say one that we've already addressed and I just say it out loud, you say, already answered, move on. We, can we do that? You yeah. like to do that anyway. I do, yes. Here we go. Uh, first question uh, from Polly Rules. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Uh, my joke was going to be on a server in Ukraine, but then I decided not to do it. But Ooh, then I just said it anyway. But you just said it. Oh, come on. It's funny. Where where would she be? Where do you think she is, Pat? Um, She did go to Kiev in the game, I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't, I don't have a question. I don't have an answer. Brian, where do you think she is? Uh, Argentina. Seemed like seemed like she was always in some sort of South American country. I like it. It's good. And, and I, I I wasted so many computer classes back in the day in middle school playing Oregon Trail in Carmen San Diego. And then when the teacher comes back, you just kind of make it look like you're still typing on Mavis Beacon. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Haynes sixty two guys. What's the average age of BY of uh, not BYU UAB's offensive line? Uh, I don't have I don't have their starting lineup in front of me. So that's your job. I said I didn't have I didn't prep for any of this. Ryan, Hold on. Ryan will get it. Let's go on to the next. I'll, question. I was at UT Hospital on Wednesday morning. I didn't have time Hold to get on. all this. This is this is just from a quick glance at a depth chart online. This isn't necessarily who they started last it week. It might not but, even be the real depth chart. Yeah, but is I, it the right team? I see a bunch of juniors on the starting offensive line. Redshirt junior, jun, transfer junior, redshirt junior, redshirt junior, and another junior transfer. So decently veteran group, I would say. At least all at least twenty one years old, probably or twenty. Question from MDVol91. Uh, I'll let Pat go to this one first, and then I'll let Ryan probably disagree with it. Who is the better baseball player, Ronald Acuna Jr. or Juan Soto? Acuna. Oh, man. Uh, Boy, I'd take either to build my franchise. Yeah, I, I would take Acuna because of the running ability, and I think he's got more, even more upside power-wise than Soto does. Great defender, dude. Yeah, um, I, I, I think, I think Acuna has Trout kind of potential personally. But the one thing about Soto that gave me pause though is he's a great on base guy. I mean, really good at that, and that might get even better as he ages. So yeah, better eye, better discipline. Such good plate discipline. He's gonna hit for high average, so that's worth a lot too. So you can't go wrong with either of them. But I, I would go. I think Acuna has a little bit more MVP potential maybe because of the speed young guys with young guys who already have great obp numbers are few and far between because yep. usually discipline is something that you acquire as you get older and they're both so young it's crazy let's see here uh here's another question here's a question from blake digits can y'all discuss why on some third down and long distance downs tennessee rushes three four and drops the rest of the guys right at the first down marker the, you know it's funny that that's brought up uh Pruitt was asked about that on the SEC teleconference, uh, and he said that the question was asked that like he's you've been lining up guys as like a fence almost at the first he, down marker. He said the objective is um, whether the other team runs the ball or throws the ball is to get them to do it short of the sticks and then go make the tackle. And he pointed out uh, there was a play where Alabama literally took the snap, flipped it out to Jalen Waddle. They didn't tackle him first down on third down, uh, and then South Carolina got one of those draw plays and ran it against it. Bryce Thompson went in with a shoulder, didn't wrap up, and Feaster got the first down. So I don't know if they're going to scrap it, but uh, – It's not it's, foolproof. It's not, and it's just sort of a different look. I mean, they have different different formations, different things they've worked on. They've obviously added that over the course of the season. 
Uh, it's been a little hit or miss. We saw that for the first time, what, Alabama game? And we were like, whoa, look at Might this. Might have been Mississippi State. Yeah. Well, Mississippi State, they kind of went to uh, sort of an umbrella kind of look late in the game after they'd scored to go 2010 because they wanted to keep everything in front of them. Uh, I think they might have had five guys across the middle and then three deep safeties just to avoid a, a repeat of the BYU game. The plan is very quickly <coughs> to have them to have the quarterback hit a hot route or something early on. Yeah, you want them to throw it short, go make the tackle, get off the yeah. field. It's supposed that's what it's designed to do. Yeah, my, my, I, there's two things I'll say about it really quickly. One that I love, I love that anytime a coach is not afraid to do something different, I don't think that you care about what other people think about what you're doing. Don't, you know, so many coaches out there are afraid to try something because they think, you know, if it doesn't work, they'll get panned for it. But, you know, I, I think that it's, I think it's neat to do something that, that, that people don't do before. Uh, and, and you don't see that a lot in football. But the second thing is the only thing I don't like about it. I don't love doing something so different that maybe your players aren't used to it, or maybe, maybe it's a different kind of skill set when you're as a cornerback playing that far off and then kind of making a tackle. It's, it just seems like it's, it's a risk, but I don't really hate it. Um, I, I kind of like trying something different because if you're a quarterback, you're looking at that going, how do I, what do I handle with that? Well, what do I do with that? For a corner, it's it's no different from playing zone or off coverage, I would say. That far back, though? I mean, it just depends on how far back it is. We're not talking 15 yards off the line. We're talking about – One time about, it was pretty far back. Well, it's – I mean, I'm sorry, against um against South Carolina. Well, it was probably far, far back because it was third and 14. Because they like lived that. in third right. and long. Yeah, that's true. Uh, question uh, from Haynes62, uh, who would – when Jawan Jennings and Trey Smith versus any combination of the two players of two players from the same team uh, in the all of the NCAA in hand to hand combat. I don't know. Trey Smith's beating some dudes up right now. I don't know if I'd. I don't know if I'd bet against him in a, a, a tandem of him and Jawan. LSU's got to do. You could make some potential duos from that LSU team that would that would that would be a pretty tough match. Some of those are big old swamp beasts. Um, but I would say that if you made a two-on-two tournament with any wide receiver and offensive lineman on any team and hand-to-hand combat, well, I would say Jawan Jennings and Trey Smith would go pretty far in that tournament. Wouldn't wouldn't LSU's big players be Bayou beasts? The yeah, swamp beasts would be Florida, Florida's big guys? Yeah, but Bayou, swamp, I mean, they're how different. much different? They're different. I mean, they're a little different, but... but they don't call them the swamp tigers. Uh, they call true. them the Bayou Bengals. So well, he got you there. Bengals. He just browned you. Wow, that's true. Did I just get? Was that I just got hashtag browned? Hashtag Callahan. Hashtag Calibrowned. Uh, question from Brown Sh- I'm not going to ask how you did that. Brownahan. <laughs> Who knows? Shelbyville Vol question: How solid is Harrison Bailey's commitment to Tennessee with Ojolari flipping? Uh, I know it's been discussed that he's not as close uh, with uh, Ojolari as Gilbert is, um, but what does that have? What effect does that have on his recruitment? Also, can we expect to hear some new names crop up from JUCO prospects in the coming weeks, especially with uh, pass rush and pass catchers? Um, well, so for Bailey, I mean, I, I would say it this way: He was committed to Tennessee for almost nine months without Ojolari being committed, so I don't see why it would be any different without him. Um, you know, as you said, he was. He's he's got a relationship with Ojolari. It certainly helped, uh, but I, I don't think that was the reason Ojolari picked Tennessee in the first place. And I don't I don't think it's uh, one of the reasons Bailey you know stayed committed. So I, I think they're fine there. As long and the big thing for Tennessee there was showing some progress, which they've done lately. If they keep that up, I think they'll they'll be fine, perfectly fine with Harrison Bailey. The, the, the JUCO guys, uh, we know Tennessee is at least 
exploring some junior college options at running back. Yes, um, which they, is what they have to do, I think. They, they've they've offered a junior college cornerback recently, uh, Emmanuel Apaya from up in New York, uh, Monroe, Monroe College up there. I wonder if that's a Joe Osavet uh, connection. He's a, they, they, there's, I mean, Osavet certainly knows guys in the JUCO circles. Uh, now, one one connection here worth noting, he's a former teammate, although, well, I guess went to the same school as, I guess I should say, as uh, Jarrett Garantano. So, and I think he actually might be a former teammate, even though they were a few years apart. Since he's a JUCO guy, he was maybe a couple years behind Garantano in school. So they're not that far apart uh, that they didn't play together. So, yeah, I think, I think he is a former teammate. But a little bit of a connection there, at least. And if Garantano, or if Garantano sticks around at Tennessee, which obviously that's a, a variable this offseason, but he might have good things to say about Tennessee anyway. So that's one to keep an eye on. Edge rushers, we haven't heard of anything new there. Pass catchers. Um, uh, doesn't look like they're going the junior college route there, but that, that always could change. But edge rushers, I, I'd still maybe keep an eye on that just because they have such a big need there. Can't rule it out. Uh, question from Pete Head. At this rate, do you see Jarrett Garantano being part of the program at Tennessee to start the 2020 season? And what recruiter are you most excited about so far? Uh, I would probably say no on Garantano. I don't want to say 50-50 because that's a cop-out, so I'll say 60% not here, 40% here. I, I think that, yeah, there's a better chance he's gone than that he's here, if I had to guess right now. But, I mean, hey, what happens down the stretch matters, yeah, right? If, yeah, yeah if, I mean, if, if, if Maurer gets hurt again or, or has some issues and Garantano yeah. just lights it up. If, yeah, if maybe Maurer. I mean, we've only seen him play a couple games, really, so maybe he comes out there, plays more, and doesn't look as good, and things are kind of wide open going I, into the offseason. I can tell you this much. Tennessee does not want to lose Garantano because Pruitt has a good relationship with him, and for all the warts, they do believe in the kid in a lot of ways and i do think that he's someone they'll want to be in their program i think uh, i thought won't get in the way if the kid wants to go favorite recruit though. for me uh is going to be Keyshawn lawrence he's a pretty nice little punt return he had there the other night he's a he's a terrific athlete uh he looks like a a, a jeremy pruitt Derek ansley defensive back oh yeah uh, all these guys do in, in this class so you took the high. highest rated guy in the class <laughs> Go go! Give us your future ninja. There's lots of space in the dojo. <laughs> there is space in the dojo right now. Um, uh, I'm although, not. I'm, I'm not. Elijah Simmons is taking up a lot of I'm space. Not, in the I'm dojo. not going to say Cooper Mays because of that's Catholic and I'm biased there. So uh, I will go with Bryson Eason. I really he's, really like that kid. He's a he's a big. He might be what six one two sixty or two fifty five whatever yeah. he is. But my goodness, he runs well for that size and he blows people up. He arrives in a bad. He arrives at the football in bad humor. I like that kid. Ryan, I think that kid's a dude. Ryan has to pick Harrison Bailey because nope, not gonna do because it because everyone thinks we don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. No, he give him a five star. Did he you should say, be a, he Ryan? Should be did a you six say star. he sucks? No, not at all. I'm just I'm, I've got other guys that I that I just sort of like and and quarterback. I just I don't know. I'm always like everybody wants Harrison Bailey to be the savior, and I get it. It's just such a hard position to project because it's so much about how much better you get once you get to college. So. I'm not ready to say, you know, Bailey's going to be an All-American because you just don't know. With high, even with highly ranked quarterbacks, it's a it's a crapshoot sometimes. So I I would actually go with I'm torn between two really good athletes. I'll go with you're going to say Callaway, aren't you? I was going to say I, I think I'll go with Jimmy Callaway because I, I I really like his speed and just he's another guy that like Keyshawn Lawrence. He just makes plays with the ball in his hand and he might play receiver for Tennessee. It looks like so he he's someone that they can hold on to him, which they've got some competition from Oklahoma and Kentucky and others. If they can hold hold on to him, he's a really dynamic playmaker at receiver. I like him a lot. I've also got a soft spot for the two of those lower-rated offensive line commitments, uh, Javante Spragans, solely because of his name. And you know uh, what? Everybody thought Spragans was the throw-in to try to get the defensive back uh, who, who originally committed to Tennessee Antonio with him. Antonio Johnson. Antonio Johnson. Yeah, it was actually – and Johnson, once he decommitted, I think Tennessee kind of said, 
okay, we're fine. And Spragans is the guy that turns out that they actually wanted all along. I he's also okay. a stud. I mean, I, he's a shorter guy, but he can really move people around. I also like James Robinson because he kind of looks like Elijah Simmons, and we all know how I feel about <laughs> Elijah Simmons. Uh, question uh, from Vol for Life 94. If, if I told you Tennessee would beat Mississippi State and South Carolina by a combined 30 points this season, what would you have said the overall record would be? Oh, man. Good question. Uh, I would have said eight and four. Yeah, I would have said eight and four. Same, uh, because I thought I thought there was no way going into the season Tennessee wouldn't lose one of those games. Uh, here, question from uh, True. Uh, say the word Achilles, 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 Achilles. Uh, former Achilles. Greek mythical hero. Uh, hey guys, uh, True, hey. True Achilles here. That's what he says, Achilles. Hey, true. Uh, the play at the line of scrimmage on both sides has been night and 27 days different from the product that was on the field against Georgia State. Movie reference. In your opinion, which uh, which group, O-line, D-line, has been the most surprising progression? D-line for me, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Because the O-line has got – the whole line – I knew the O-line had dudes. I didn't know what the defensive line would do. Well, and the O-line had three guys that you knew might get better because they were young in, in Darnell Wright and Wanya Morris's case, and they were coming off an offseason of essentially no contact with Trey Smith. So that's three guys that you'd said, you know, if they're in the starting lineup, they, sh- they should get better throughout the year. The defensive line, I didn't know how good they were. So this is impressive. We're going to have to roll through these quickly. Uh, another question from two Achilles. Uh, who wins in a fight, Trey Smith or a school bus full of fifth graders? Trey Smith. I've seen his hands. They're heavy. Trey. Uh, prediction on how many quarterback snaps Jawan Jennings takes on Saturday? Six. I'll say. I was gonna say six. I'll say four. I'll, I'll say, just say six. And I'll move say. On. I'll say eight. Then how about that? I'll take eight. One dollar, Bob. Uh, who? What are? What's your guys' uh, favorite cut of steak? How do you like it cooked? I'm a fillet guy. I know that that seems bland to some people, but I just can't can't get wrong with fillet. Just give me a, give me some sirloin. Hmm. Uh, I'm either a, a New York strip or a. Um, or kind of a like a nice ribeye guy, medium rare for sure, one hundred percent medium rare. Next, and the big green egg, get the big green egg, best money you'll ever spend. Next, <laughs> it, a question from Stallion Vol. It appears to me a part, a great part of development that we're seeing in players uh, coming from the strength and conditioning department. Early in the year, things weren't being done correctly, so it didn't show up as much. Do you agree or disagree? In the difference uh, in the strength and conditioning is a little overrated. Not its importance, but the difference in the past years well, in the players. Well, I think we're going to find out how good the strength and conditioning program is going to be during the final month of the season because that's when you want. Yep. That's when that's when you find out because all the training. Uh, can you keep guys fresh? Can you keep guys playing through injury? And it's, inter- it's going to be interesting to see, uh, uh, for me, how Pruitt handles – this team over the last month of the season. And they were uh, – normally they go full pads on Tuesday, and on Tuesday they were in helmets and shorts so and shoulder pads. So uh, it seems to me like he's trying to, to manage his team a little bit. They don't have a lot of depth. We obviously saw them run out of gas last season, and uh, you would think they would have a little bit more in the tank and this time. Plus, not, ha- not, not to mention they'll have a second open date in the middle of November too before yes. the final two games, which will help. But uh, you would think that uh, another year will help them have a little bit more left uh, late in the season, which is where you expect and want to see your strength coach making a big difference. And one of the things they did last year was probably push the pedal a little too hard toward the end of the season and practices and things like that, and I think that's a good sign. Which you want to do when you're developing players, but it's hard. Uh, Question from uh, Titan Blue, Go Vols. Uh, If Wes, Patrick, Ryan, and Grant fought Fitz, Coach Fitzgerald, the strength and conditioning coach of Tennessee, who's going in the ring first and who's going to run for cover? Um, Wes is running for cover. We'll just Are you send, kidding me? Limping for cover. Are you I kidding say. me? I'll go in there and find out. Give a flip. We'll just uh, we'll send Grant in there since Grant works out and brags about working out. So we'll we'll let sure. him put his uh, money we, where his mouth is. We can't throw Grant in there first because then sure we can. That takes who might be our best fighter 
and gets him out early, and then then, then that that's bad for morale. I, I like, like that. I like Fitz. I don't want to fight him. Fine, I'll go in there first. Then Wes will go in there and rile him up with some taunting, and then he'll duck out of the way and let someone else take the punches. <sighs> I'll go in there and fight. I don't care. <laughs> Six one two thirty. I'll go in there and swing. Question, 98 now. Uh, so there's a, the issues now with transfers, obviously. Numbers are going down with guys leaving programs, but a strict 25-man class signing limit. What are your thoughts on how the tension uh, between those two issues should be addressed? The 25 limit is, uh, along with what? Uh, the 25-number limit with um, transfers and all that. And yeah. Keeping guys out there. Uh, I mean, it, it's just part of it. You, you have to – here's the thing. You can't be too aggressive with it because the 25 limit keeps you from going crazy with – trying to flip your roster all the time. It's it's hard to manage that with just normal attrition. So if you're, you know, if, if guy, guys leaving, you know, it, it it's complicated. You've got to manage it pretty well. So, uh, yeah, it, it does put a lot of pressure on teams to evaluate well and keep guys in the program that, that – they can that they can keep there because you just aren't going to keep everybody happy. I'm a firm believer that every every college football or every college athlete, student athlete, should get one free time, one free transfer I'm, at any point. That's going to come up more and more over the years. That's I'm a big believer in that rule. I think you should be given one free transfer, and then every transfer after that, you have it's, to go through the process. It's going to turn it into free agency at that point if you do that. But I mean, I think the coaches have free agency. I don't. I don't. I mean, to me, I see no difference in the two. Like, I think if you're going to let coaches get away with what they do. And, and they don't because they have a free market, but the players don't have a free market. So I, listen, I'm, I, I think that labor should have a voice in the process. I, I think that coaches are making all this money. They get to move wherever they want. I think it's going to lead to some problems because nothing's perfect, but I think you have to let, I think you have to give more to the players. Now, now if that means you up the limit to 30 signing class limit or 28 or whatever it is, I'm fine with that. I don't care. I just think that you have to, um, or you put in a rule that says if guys want to transfer, then you get an extra spot. You can you can go sign another guy. I, I don't. I, there's different ways to go look at that, but I just I know people don't like that idea because kids don't always make the best decisions. But that's those that's the decisions those kids should be able to make. They should be able unless you want to go a deal where coaches have to sit out one year anytime they transfer jobs. Then I don't think players should have to. Yeah, I'm fine with that. And, and hey, I, I don't think you raise the signing limit now because uh, I think it forces schools to still be smart with it. You know, it hasn't become that big of an issue yet, but, you know, it's something to keep an eye on over the years. Guys, that, that's it for the questions. Now, normally that's the end of the episode. But what we're going to do is we're going to step away. We're going to go to break. We're going to pay some bills. We're going to come back and we're going to talk a uh, little basketball with Grant Ramey and I sitting at Thompson Bowling Arena talking about Tennessee's exhibition game. Exhibition, I don't want to say opener because they already played Davidson, but an exhibition game. Uh, against Division II Eastern New Mexico. There'll be plenty of interesting things there. But before that, uh, we're going to pay some bills. We're going to listen to uh, some some products and services and in-house ads and all those fun things and uh, come back and talk a little bit of Tennessee hoops and the right Reverend Rick Barnes. Hashtag ad. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products, services, 
good in-house ads you may have just heard a second ago. Wes Rucker and Grant Ramey alongside the cleaning crew at Thompson Bowling Arena after uh, Tennessee opened its exhibition season, I guess I should say. Should we say closed its exhibition season, Grant? They, uh, they continued the preseason for what it is for another three days, maybe? Yes, Tennessee 107, Eastern New Mexico 59. That's the final score. Now, again, Grant, I think we need to remember a few things here. One, uh, this Eastern Kentucky or Eastern, I said Eastern Kentucky, Eastern New Mexico team is a Division II team. This is what you expect to see when a Division I team like a Tennessee, a power power conference team, plays a, a team like Eastern New Mexico. But but what did we see from these Vols? There's so many new things out there, so many new players, uh, so many old players in bigger roles. Just other than kind of Bowden and Turner, there's a lot of lot of newness out there. Yeah, and I think there's you know you want to kind of panic after being down uh, at the first media timeout. I think that's a fun reaction when you're down 11-10 to a D2 team after four minutes of preseason basketball. Uh, it makes a little sense that they're rusty when you go back and, and listen to what Rick Barnes said post game that uh, Josiah Jordan-James missed about you know three quarters of the, the preseason with a hip issue that uh, Devontae Gaines just got back after having uh, surgery on his thumb to uh, repair a ligament that uh, Olivier Camois was out uh, like the last week after getting kicked in the calf during the Davidson scrimmage a couple of weeks ago. So uh, when you kind of mix in all these people, uh, all these players, all these new guys, I mean, it's, it's a young team as it is, uh, but to miss that much time during the preseason and try to come together right here uh, and make it look look uh, kind of good the first time you're out under the lights, it's going to be a struggle. But uh, they responded. They, they There was a 17-1 run there where they really took control and they played a little bit better defense and, and stopped turning it over as much. And uh, they got out and scored in transition. That's what they want to do. Yeah, and I thought in terms of a, from a new standpoint, purely a new standpoint, uh, we don't really know the status of uh, Tennessee freshman forward Drew Pember, the the, the six foot nine power forward there. I guess we should say a stretch four, perhaps uh, from Knoxville Bearden High School. Uh, did some good things in the game. Uh, got some rebounds. Was in there mixing it up a little bit. Showed some of his touch there from the perimeter. Missed a couple shots, but he's right there. I really like his perimeter shot. Uh, but unfortunately, he he went down late in the game with about maybe three four minutes left. Uh, he, he seemed to come down maybe on an Eastern New Mexico player. Uh, of course, sort of rolled his ankle. It happened right in front of us, so we saw it happen. Uh, and he he, he kind of almost for a second acted like he was going to try to stay in the game, but we all knew that wasn't going to happen. It's interesting because Tennessee, you may say, why is he out there at that point? And, and the thing is, he's a freshman. He's a true freshman. And this team doesn't have a lot of walk-ons. I think it has one, uh, two, actually, with uh, Brock Jancic and with Jacob Fleshman. So Tennessee, no matter what the score is, they're going to have scholarship guys out there. And this is a kid who, who needs the reps, who needs the experience. Uh, I don't know the severity of that injury. Grant, have you heard anything? I know that we've just been writing here for the past hour or so. Uh, I've not heard anything other than he's in pretty good spirits, but he knows he's dinged up a little bit. Yeah, and it was. Uh, it looked like he was in a lot of pain uh, on the floor. I mean, he immediately went down, and uh, when he got up, there was really no weight being put on that right uh, right leg. He did have a, a stress fracture. I believe that was in his left foot that he was dealing with during his prep career, so this is obviously a different leg, a different thing. Uh, but it's uh, you know it's it's a, it's a turned ankle, and and he doesn't really have to be in a huge rush. Uh, you know Tennessee's probably going to need uh, all these guys at some point down the line, depending on how they kind of work with uh, the red shirt plans with one of these freshmen. But uh, he's got time to figure it out. They don't open until Tuesday against UNC Asheville. Uh, they really don't have a tough tough game until November sixteenth uh, when they play Washington in Toronto. So they got time to to rest him and figure it out, but it, it looks like a lot of pain when he was laying there on the floor. Yeah, and you hope certainly that it's more of a 
more of an ankle sprain than anything else and you don't want it to be a high ankle if it's just kind of a mid or low ankle sprain uh, probably be okay but but that's the bottom line is that right now any injury to any big man is, is sort of an issue for this Tennessee team right now because you know Tennessee's been blessed with some size in, in, in some areas recently uh, and, and really this team has a lot of great size in the backcourt other than Lamonte Turner there's a lot of length out there this is one of the the longest teams that Rick Barnes said he's ever had and when you think about some of his Texas teams you go back and think yes that, that's some pretty impressive length on this team but uh, in terms of true big men the, I don't want to say they have a dearth of true big men but until there's a ruling on the Euros Plastic situation and he was not eligible to play the redshirt freshman big man uh, transfer from Arizona State uh, he, he started as he was born in Serbia finished his high school career there at Hamilton Heights Christian Academy there in Chattanooga so kind of came back home and, and is hoping that the NCAA gives him a, a hardship kind of immediate transfer eligibility they haven't heard word on that so he didn't get to play on Wednesday and I think Tennessee's always been optimistic about this situation but I think if you've been coaching this game for a long time you know that you always have to prepare for the worst so in your mind you kind of have to have a plan in case you get bad news there and if they don't get good news there well the fact is John Fulkerson uh, is your starting center and, and while he's not a short guy uh, certainly he's not kind of a classic big true you know 6'10 6'11 big man so Drew Pember at 6'9 even though he's skinny can come off the bench and do some things uh, Zach Kent certainly is a guy they need to get some stuff out of Olivier Camois is a player who has I think a really nice really nice upside um, but but if there's an issue there with Pember for a little bit and you don't get the news you want from Plavsic I mean that that sort of affects things in the post doesn't it? Yeah, it, it affects it in a big way. I, I think there's frustration there that, that there's nothing heard on Urosh as of, you know, this afternoon game time, whatever. He, he wasn't going to play if, if they didn't have a ruling back, and obviously he didn't dress, uh, and that's that. And, and Rick didn't really talk about it after the game. He wasn't really asked about it. They're just kind of in a holding pattern. And, yeah, uh, without him, without him in the fold, this, this team looks drastically different. The post is already stretched pretty thin as it is even with the seven footer if he's in there eligible if he's out if he's out of the picture yeah it's it's john fulkerson he's got to be that guy uh that he was a fresh as a freshman and and he talked a little bit about that after the game like he feels like he's that guy again like he's finally uh passed all the injury concerns and he's had a full off season and a full season to kind of get back to being himself and and maybe he can be that but yeah if you don't have Eurosh in the fold uh, that's probably going to take a red shirt off the table for a guy like Drew Pember and somebody you're going to have to get back as, as soon as possible. And I agree, Olivier Camois is an interesting prospect, and people like to mention Grant Williams when they talk about how kind of he's a little bit crafty down low and, and can find ways to score around the rim and knows what he's doing. But, you know, he was a little nervous tonight, and he was a little kind of emotional and, and getting the flo- ball on the floor a little bit too much. Uh, so there's a, there's a, an adjustment period for all these guys, and, and, and for Tennessee's sake, uh, they're hoping that Urosh is in there and Drew's back healthy pretty soon because they need everybody they can get down there. Yeah, and for those who, who haven't seen uh, Euros Plavsic play, which is approximately 99%, I'm guessing, of our podcast listening audience here. Maybe some saw him play in high school a little bit, but uh, some people down in the Chattanooga area. Uh, but this is a seven foot one kid who uh, is still a little bit raw, but is a really good athlete for that size, moves up and down the floor really well, um, and is a really, truly excellent communicator on the defensive end. He's very loud. His voice carries across the court. You know, he's got that big baritone voice that you expect when you're that big. Uh, he's a guy who who uh, I think, frankly, whether he can play or not, I think it it matters a great deal to this team. I think he's a guy who uh, is going to help this team a lot. And I wonder, Grant, with Fulkerson, uh, I know – I'll speak only for myself here. I know John Fulkerson can play basketball. I know he can put the ball in the bucket. I've seen him do it. I think a lot of us have seen him do it. To me, the question is, can he do that – 
while staying on the floor because he's not in foul trouble. The way he plays the game, the way he kind of flails about a little bit, uh, you know, the way he kind of initiates contact in some ways, until he gets a reputation, there's going to be a lot of calls he's not going to get, and he's a physical guy. He plays a little bit kind of physical in there. So I think he's going to be in foul trouble a lot. And that wouldn't have been a big deal before, whereas if John Fulkerson goes out there and he plays 10 minutes and he has four fouls, who gives a flip? It doesn't matter. Now John Fulkerson can't do that. So that's going to be something I think that's really interesting to follow kind of as this season progresses. But when you talk about this team, I think we saw Grant tonight. Uh, again, you don't want to make too much of an exhibition game, but I hardly think it's a surprise that Tennessee's three primary ball handlers on this team, the ball-dominant guys, are going to be Lamonte Turden. Uh, <laughs> Turden. Did I just really just say Turden? It is past midnight when we're recording this. Sorry, Lamonte Turner. I did not mean to say that. Lamonte Turner, uh, Josiah Jordan-James, and Jordan Bowden. Those are going to be the three guys who are going to have the ball in their hands the most. Uh, and I think other than uh, some turnover issues there tonight with Turner and, and Bowden, maybe some of that's just early season stuff. Maybe some of it's getting used to their new, new, new teammates in some ways. Maybe it's the fact that I just called him Turden. And maybe that's part of it. Uh, but but Lamonte Turner and Jordan Bowden, you could see tonight those two were clicking a little bit offensively. And I wrote a column about this, Grant. There, there's a flow that Tennessee has had offensively the past two years. We've gotten used to a certain way of watching basketball. We have seen college basketball played at a beautiful level offensively here for the past couple seasons. And we saw a little bit of that tonight with Turner and Bowden and the two-man game and those things. Um, but you also saw a, a lot of balls being thrown into Section 130. Uh, you, you saw some balls being dribbled off the foot. Uh, you, you saw some guys getting in the air not knowing where they were going. You know, Tennessee, for the past couple of years, they've always known where everybody was going to be. They could finish each other's sentences in a basketball sense. Now they're going to have to transition to this, and I think it's going to be a little bit hit or miss early in the season. Yeah, and, and you can just start with those three, Josiah, Lamonte, and, and Jordan Bowden in the backcourt. Uh, Rick said it after the game. There's not a ton of time on the floor with those guys together right now uh, because they've been working so much against each other in preseason work. I mean, when, when you practice, obviously – uh, you got to split up the squad and, and go at it. And even when you know when you do that, how how much time has Josiah James been healthy uh, and on the floor in uh, the preseason? Not much. And uh, yeah, five turnovers each for Bowden and Lamonte uh, against an Eastern New Mexico team is obviously not good. Uh, it's it's you wonder how many turnovers, uh, how many of those ten are actually on them, and maybe how many are on somebody else missing an assignment or, or not, you know, being where they're supposed to be or uh, whatever goes there. But I mean. Yeah, those guys are going to score the ball. They're going to score it a ton. That's where the offense is going to flow through, and it's going to take a while to kind of, you know, adjust to, to what this offense is and the, and the way uh, it's going to tick and how it's going to tick consistently. Uh, I think Josiah was off to a slow start. I think he finished with 10-7. and seven. That's pretty, it's a pretty good day at the office for a, yeah, a true freshman in his debut. Uh, but they're, they're going to have to figure a lot of things out, and they're going to have to do it quickly. Uh, it's obviously a pretty loaded non-conference schedule, uh, rolling straight into a really tough SEC schedule. And that, that was the one thing, watching it, it just looks so much different. This is a completely different uh, group. This is a completely different, you know, level of experience, level of play, you know, how they're going to score the ball and where the ball is going to go through. And it's going to take a lot of time to figure it out. Yeah, but you could tell tonight even uh, with Josiah Jordan-James, you could really tell this is a kid with a mature game. Uh, this is a kid who, again, he's a true freshman. You know, he doesn't look like it. He doesn't talk like it. doesn't act like it. Um, he looks like he's about 28 years old, and he acts like it really, too. He likes that kind of like an NBA pro, uh, which he will be at some point in the future. Um, but this is a kid who missed six weeks or so with a hip injury. He's only been practicing for about the past week, and he shows up there. Again, it's against a D2 team. 
Uh, so let, let's take that for what it's worth. Uh, but he sat there and he played, let's see tonight, how many minutes was it exactly? We can we can look this up. 23 minutes tonight for him, 10 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds, uh, a plus-minus of plus 34 when he was on the floor, which is second on the team uh, only to Jordan Bowden, who had a plus 41 when he was out there. So you, you look at Jordan James and, and, and Josiah Jordan James, and, and I think you can see already that he probably should have had 10 or 12 assists tonight. His teammates, you can see this. It's kind of funny because at his size, at six seven or whatever he is, the way he sees the floor, left-handed, he's crafty, he's strong, he's got good touch. He he's going to be able to see over defenses and he's going to be able to make passes that these guys are not used to getting. And there was a couple times tonight that the guys just kind of weren't expecting a pass, uh, and they just kind of didn't know what to do with the ball when they got it, or, or there was a turnover because they weren't ready for it. They're going to have to get used to playing with this kid because as soon as he steps across the midcourt stripe and maybe a little bit before it, if you have room on a defender, he's going to find you. This kid has uh, – I think you're going to see maybe a, tr- a couple of triple doubles from this kid while he's at Tennessee. He's got a really, really kind of impressive all-around game. Yeah, and, and he, he loves to pass for a reason. I mean, he, he you know, everybody's talked about all preseason how he would rather pass than score and, and how that's almost been to a fault in his past. Uh, yeah, and, and that was an interesting point that came up post game is it's not just him being on the floor getting used to this level of play and, and getting settled into his college career. It's his teammates learning how to play with him, which, you know, he gets a head start during the summer with the, the amount of work they can do there, but it's still an adjustment when you get to this point where the offense is, where it is, where you've installed as much as you have and you're trying to do as much uh, technically as they're trying to do at this point. And, yeah, if, if, if the pass is there, he's going to make it and he's going to find you. It's, it's about his teammates uh, being prepared. I think the way he phrased it was he needs to know his personnel uh, and adjust his game accordingly. Uh, you know, 10 points and 7 assists is a pretty good adjustment in his 23 minutes uh, with his limited preseason work. So, yeah, this, I mean, this kid's a draft pick, whether it's this year or next year. Uh, he's got a really good basketball player, and he's got a really bright future, and it's going to be fun to watch how he grows and how the teammates kind of grow around him. Yeah, I think uh, I'm hardly the first person to say this. Uh, in fact, you said just a second ago, people have been saying it for a few years now, this kid is a future NBA player. Now, the question in my mind is uh, to be kind of a star in the modern NBA, to be a really good player, you're going to have to score the ball no matter where you are. That's just the way the game's gone. So if he wants to kind of be a, a glue guy, he can be that. Um, but if he wants to really be a big-time player in the NBA, I think he's going to have to score the ball a little bit more. And I think that's something while he's at Tennessee he's going to have to get better at. And that's something that Rick Barnes will, will push him into doing because he will he won't let him sit there and just be, you know, kind of play second fiddle a lot. He, he, he wants this guy to score because this kid has really good touch also. This is a really smart basketball player. Um, but also I think there was a couple things tonight that I saw that I liked. Uh, a couple things I saw I kind of wanted to see more – uh, out of Jalen Johnson, I know I've speaking only for myself. I've always been a little bit bullish on Jalen Johnson. I really like his offensive game. I think if he opens up a little bit and, and they kind of take the handcuffs off him and just let him play offensively, let him get comfortable, I think he's a guy who can score some points for you. The question is, how well will he defend? I know he's worked hard in that area, uh, but I wanted to see a little bit more out of him tonight. He got a chance uh, with, with with Josiah Jordan James kind of being kind of dinged up, coming back from an injury. He got a chance to start tonight. Played 17, 18 minutes. Uh, three or six from the floor, finished with nine points. Kind of wanted to see maybe a little bit more out of him, but but that's okay. There's a long way to go. Uh, I did like what I saw out of Pember. Uh, Kent, I thought, did some good things while he was in there. We've mentioned Camwa a little bit. Uh, I, I like more that I saw tonight. That I liked more than I didn't like from what I saw. But I do think that the bottom line is 
Grant, people are going to have to get used to this. Uh, it's a new era of Tennessee basketball. And, and the story before we step out of here, I think, is, as we've mentioned before, uh, no one wants to use the, the term rebuilding. I think Lamonte uh, Turner, or Turden as I've called him in this podcast, uh, will rearrange the face of anyone who says this is a rebuilding season. This is his, his senior season. Him and Jordan Bowden, they're winners. They're going to want to win. But when you look at all the talent coming in next season with, all, with that huge top five class, maybe one of the best, if not the best, in program history, uh, you, you look at kind of what they've done the past few years, it almost kind of looks like this could – take on the the sandwich season mold if they're not careful uh, but I think I see enough in this team to think they have a chance to be playing better ball late in the season than they do when they get to the for maybe first few weeks first couple months of the season and if they can get themselves into the postseason teams with senior guards in the postseason team to do seem to do pretty well so I, I don't think this is going to be a sandwich season necessarily for Tennessee basketball but I can't rule out the possibility because uh, they are going to have to make some adjustments. There's no more Grant Williams to bail you out. There's no more Schofield to bail you out. Uh, I still, for my money, would take the ball in the Monte Turner's hands with a game-winning shot and feel as good as I would about just about anybody in college basketball. But they're going to have to go on the road. They're going to have to go play in some tough environments. No one's going to feel sorry for them. They play a really tough early season schedule. I think they might get some, some bruises uh, along the way the first couple months. Yeah, they'll, they'll definitely be bruises. They'll definitely be uh, bumps along the way. And it's easy to kind of, I guess, get spoiled by the last couple of years and kind of the level they played at. But if you go back to the first two years uh, of, of Rick Barnes at Tennessee, the, there wasn't a ton of talent on those teams. Uh, but they did always kind of trend up. Uh, I think they were picked, you know, next to last in the conference those first couple of years and finished more like middle of the pack. I mean, they they, they kind of played – uh, kind of above their late weight level in those years, and maybe they can maybe they can do that again and kind of take on that underdog role and excel there. I think they will get the most out of just about everybody on this roster because of the way Rick Barnes and his staff develops players. Uh, but yeah, there's a ton of questions to answer. Can John Fulkerson do that consistently? Can Jalen Johnson step up and be a contributor? Who what, what do you get from Zach Kent? Uh, I think he's got a really nice touch. Uh, he kind of moves pretty slow. I thought he looked kind of stiff and. Uh, there, there was something there that's I don't know. It's off. Yeah, maybe it's the foot. Uh, but he's got a soft touch and he can score. So can he help this team? Uh, obviously, Eurosh we talked about. Uh, is he going to be a factor? Is he when's he going to hear something one way or the other? Uh, and then the backcourt, how consistently do they produce and and how high of a level can they play? Because this team's going to go as far as they go. But yeah, there's going to be bumps and bruises along the way. But you know, survive the non-conference season with a decent record get to SEC play and, and see what you can do and, and see if this uh, this team can kind of meet the potential the way some other teams have under Barnes. Yeah, I think that if you look at the past couple seasons, it, we'd have to think about it uh, and really go back and look at the schedule. But I, I know Tennessee's lost some games, but I can think maybe on one hand the amount of times that Tennessee's truly been out-toughed the past couple seasons, kind of out-physicaled, out-pushed around. And I think there's going to be some times with this team where they're going to have to be careful not to let that happen. Uh, because in the post especially, I think some teams, uh, until maybe Kamwa figures out how to play with his strength that he's got, 
Uh, you know, we'll see if, if I think there's going to be some games that'll be better suited for Zach Kent than others. I think if there's kind of a, a pick and pop five man out there, uh, that's going to be a hard thing for him to get out and cover that ground, especially if that wheel's still bothering him. Um, but he's got soft touch, and I think there will be some games where a guy like him can can help you. And I think there might be games where a guy like Pember might give you a better chance. Uh, you know, and, and I think all the the best all around guy probably is Plavsic, but we'll, we'll see uh, what, if he's able to play or not. But so far, uh, so far, so good. I, I think. That that there weren't truly that many disappointments in this game, maybe a little bit more from Jalen Johnson, maybe a little bit more from Eve Pons, uh, but he did block four shots and do some things. Uh, the flying Frenchman while he was in there playing more of the four position uh, th- than the three position, which he's played the past year or so. There's plenty to talk about, though. We'll have a, This is going to be a long season. We're going to have plenty of Hoops podcasts. We will have plenty of stuff going on. And uh, if you just hang with us just one second, we're going we're gonna to take a break. We're going to step away. We're going to pay some bills. We're going to listen to some ads, product, services, and we will come back and wrap this thing up. Hashtag ad. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices... Well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, in-house ads you may or may not have heard just a second ago. Wes Rucker coming at you here, guys. And now it's just Wes Rucker here at Fort Rucker Studio. Uh, of course, I, I should say maybe it's uh, uh, Wes Rucker and Maximus Rucker who is sitting here at my feet and being shockingly quiet, uh, perhaps because it's past 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, but hopefully he will uh, keep his pretty little trap shut and we can go ahead and get out of here. Before we do that, though, I, I do want to mention again, uh, we mentioned this at the top of the podcast. We mentioned it uh, maybe once during the podcast. We're going to mention it here again at the end, too. Guys, if you're a 24-7 sports VIP member, right now you can, for free, for free, zero strings attached, free dollars, free cents. If you go to GoVoss247.com, and if you're a 24-7 Sports VIP member, you now get uh, full complimentary access to CBS All Access uh, for free. That's a $99, $100 annual value, uh, and it's for free. There's no strings attached. All you have to do is go to our front page there, GoVoss247. Uh, there's a quick three or four, uh, maybe maybe four or five-step process that you have to go through. That sounds complicated. I promise you it's not. Uh, you basically click a couple of things. You type in your name and your uh, username, email, password, and uh, all you have to do from that point on is just enjoy the free, commercial-free CBS programming. That's everything in the CBS catalog. Uh, that's all the shows that you like, the uh, Survivors, uh, all those types of shows, the the Blue Bloods, for those of you who, who like those shows, NCISs, all those, you can get all those now uh, on access uh, anytime, commercial-free, from your uh, smart TV, uh, from any of your streaming devices, from your laptop. You can get all of that now for free, 
for free with zero commercials uh, if you are a Go Vols 24-7 or 24-7 sports subscriber. Uh, no strings attached. I promise you, it sounds like the, you know, what well, is this too good to be true? No, uh, nothing is changing with your subscription to, to 24-7 sports. And again, we've gotten a promise from our from our boss, Shannon Terry, a man of his word, if I've ever met one, who said that uh, the, the 24-7 sports subscription is not going up uh, anytime in the near future at all. We like our price point. We like where it is. So you can remain a member of 24-7 sports, and you now get free CBS uh, all-access uh, information wherever you want to get it. That also gives you live college football. That gives you uh, live NFL football. That gives you the NCAA tournament uh, that gives you uh, fantasy football shows, podcasts, a whole bunch of things. And the only commercials you will see are the ones for live sports programming. So you can go again to GoVols247.com. Click right there. Uh, we've got an easy process for you to just step on over and get uh, basically $100. We are putting $100 in your pocket. So we're going to do that, and uh, we're really happy about that. That's one of the best, one of the coolest deals we've done since we moved over to CBS Sports. Uh, those guys, or the CBS Corporation, I should say, those guys have been great bosses, and I think that that partnership is really going to give you all a lot more bang for your buck. Uh, and I already thought you were getting some pretty good bang for your buck. I think there may be some some even cooler announcements in the future, but for right now, this is pretty cool. This is one of the coolest promotions we've ever done, and you should go check that out. So I got that out of the way. Thanks for tuning in, guys. As always, you can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. You can also find all of us on Twitter at twitter.com slash govals247. Or you can go to Facebook uh, at facebook.com slash govals247. And you can get all of that information there. Grant does a great job with our Facebook page. Ramey really does a super job with that. So you can check all that out there. Or you can get your water directly from the source. Get it right from the hose at govals247.com. Whereas I just mentioned, in addition to just some great deals uh, that we have right now, 30% off an annual subscription. We got another cool deal coming up this weekend. Um, but on top of all that, we also have right now free and in, 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 in perpetuity forever free CBS access, free CBS all access access for free, for free, zero dollars, zero cents. Just go there, check it out. That is an unbelievable value right now that we're giving to our subscribers. Uh, so basically, you should go do that. And if not, then what's your problem? Seriously, if you're not doing that, what's your freaking problem? Go do that. Come on. You know you want to. Do it. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Until then, we'll see y'all. If nothing else happens, we'll see y'all on Monday morning. See ya.